You're listening to the Stones with Crowd Radio Show with Domita White. Domita White. Domita White. Freedom. From the abyss of the Iron Beast. Can you please explain to the listeners your name, who you are, and where you're calling from? Uh, my name's Tara White. I'm calling from uh, FMC Butner. Okay, Mr. White. And um, could you explain to the listeners uh, what led you to end up at Butner? Um, I caught a, uh, allegedly I caught viral meningitis when I was being housed in uh, Three Rivers, Texas. Okay. And, um, okay, so do you want to explain to the listeners the particulars of your case? Well, in 2007, the government brought a criminal complaint against me, alleging uh, a conspiracy with uh, RCI, the certified informant, and uh, one of my uh, close friends who, who was going to Western Michigan at the time. In um, this affidavit, they alleged that I uh, agreed to purchase uh, two kilograms of cocaine for 38000 in cash and that I actually made this conversation with the um, with the undercover police officer. Wow. As we go through the as um, the evidence come out though um, the affidavit that omission right there that they put into the affidavit was actually false because the police officer that they said uh, stated that I agreed to purchase two kilograms of cocaine, he said the only conversation that he had uh, when I was meeting up with, with my friend Let's call it from a federal prison. was coffee that he said to the waiter. Cause he said he was trying to disguise that he was speaking in Spanish and he couldn't understand English. And then... Uh, the guy that certified informant, the certified informant, he used to be a friend of mine. And uh, I was actually supposed to be meeting him because he said he was going to, he needed me to look out for his son while he got incarcerated. But when I got to the, the restaurant, um, he got out the car with this this guy who was pretending, pretending to be Mexican. Right then, I kind of knew something was going on, but... I wasn't really, you know, it, it really didn't pause me or, or have to leave the situation because, you know, me and him had no involvement. But like I say, anyway, on a recording, you don't hear none of that conversation. You don't even hear a conversation out of me, period. And um, they put that in the affidavit so they could get probable cause to arrest me. Once they arrested me, I had a bond hearing. And at the bond hearing, it was like a mini trial because the government was trying to detain. When um, they had the mini trial, uh, my lawyer at the time, Donald Sopanis, he uh, he pretty much uh, made it seem as if that case should be dismissed because um, the the magistrate judge at the time stated that the evidence they were presenting don't pass the clear and convincing evidence test because they were alleging a number of other things at the bar. But he said, 
as in regards to this conspiracy charge, he found probable cause on the DEA's testimony only. Now, the testimony that she provided that he found probable cause on was the fact that he said that uh, my friend was uh, basically testifying for them, saying that I sent her to pick up um, two kilograms of cocaine or that I picked her, sent her to meet with him to pick up a large sum of money. But that was also a lie, a direct lie, because uh, my friend Ms. Vaughn, when she testified in the grand jury and at trial, she stated that when she went to the restaurant to meet the guy, she did nothing illegal. She, when she left, she felt she did nothing illegal. And she wasn't supposed to meet me afterwards after meeting up with the guy. But it was just their way of trying to get probable cause to arrest me. Now, when that charge goes in front of the grand jury, all of a sudden it becomes now a possession with intent to deliver charge on the original indictment. And they constructively amended more charges on the indictment. The charges that the magistrate judge just said didn't pass the clear and convincing evidence test. But now, all of a sudden, they ended up on my indictment. Then, um, oh, okay, I don't want to keep going. Sorry about that. Oh, no, no, no. I, I was just, you know, just exclaiming that, wow, I, I can't believe. It's like they just purposely set set you up because they felt like arresting somebody that day and then just bringing up all these false charges? Well, they had um, a political agenda for a case. Uh, uh, a well, it was only a state case, but I guess the, the government, the prosecutor on the government took, was going to try to make it a federal case so they could solve it. But it was a shooting at a, a day's end shooting, a shooting at a day's end, excuse me, um, at a day's end, uh, I wouldn't even call it a hotel no more, but it's a hotel, but it was in the hotel, uh, hotel uh, lobby room. And uh, a lot of people got shot. Mm -hmm. And what they wanted was me to testify against somebody in that case. And what was so crazy about that case was they wanted me to testify on a person who actually had nothing to do with the case. So they was just trying to... One thing about what I've learned about some of the people from our department, KDPS, they just want to make it seem like somebody is guilty of crime instead of actually trying to solve the crime. Because with my case, when they indicted me, you can actually actually hear their CI tell the police officers to plant the drugs on my friend and have her pulled over. And when she when they pulled her over, they could coerce her to say that I sent her to do something illegal, but she didn't do that. Wow! So this is a, a case of coercion, conspiracy, um, corruption, just lying. It's just crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, it's real crazy because I'm sitting here today still in, still in, um, in lockup for a crime that they set up. I mean, and they, what was so crazy was they admitted everything in a trial, but what they did was they manipulated the jury because they turned a case that was supposed to be about drugs 
into a domestic violence case. They tried to make it seem as if um, I was a threat to the community or something. And I have no violence on my record because I'm not a violent person. Okay, and so how much time did they give you? Um, well, I ended up on a superseding indictment because they superseded my indictment. Um, and then added the conspiracy case. They manufactured a conspiracy case when they when they gave me the superseding indictment because what they did was uh, a guy I had grew up with ended up catching a drug case. And he had an extensive arrest record and was young, so they knew they was going to be able to manipulate him and to testify exactly what they did. But his testimony actually was no good because he didn't end up becoming a um, a witness for them. Let's call it from a federal prison. Seven days before the crime. So any testimony that he had to provide was irrelevant anyway. But they used him for the conspiracy case. And um, they, uh, I guess they was trying to give him like I don't know how much time they tried to give him. But anyways, to answer the question, they ended up giving me on the first count, on the first sentencing, I got like two life sentences plus like 40 years. Wow. And mostly that I got the time because in my allocution, I was um, pinpointing all the corruption that happened with my case. And the judge that I had at the time, Robert Holmes Bell, he had a, he had a strict bias towards me. You could tell he was just basically rooting for the uh, prosecution because he made a lot of comments in there, you know, that that's uh, aligned with how they say uh, uh, the elites do. Uh, I mean, it was just, once I came through and got to read a lot of books, I mean, it was a lot of science and symbols and things he was doing in the court play. So he, he just sentenced me that just to get me to the USPs because without that type of sentence, I would have never been housed in a United States penitentiary. Right. And that seems to be the case for a lot of people. But also in your situation, um, you know, you nearly died in prison. And so can you just explain briefly, because you have a few minutes, like what your current condition is today as a result of being um, in prison? Well, I'm temporarily paralyzed and my sight is black right now. I think uh, whatever I caught, because I say whatever I caught, because they don't actually know. Um, yeah, I'm just temporarily paralyzed and my sight is blocked. And, I mean, I pretty much flatlined. They brought me back to life, but they, I still ain't been able to get the proper medical treatment since I've been locked up. Right. And, um, which is totally against their policy because regardless of what you're in there for, they're still supposed to provide adequate medical care. And that hasn't been the case with you. Um, so what can the people on the outside do to help your situation? Like, what can we do? Um, well, right now, like I say, I'm just put together the rest of the remaining of the funds that I got to get so I can get the proper lawyer. What I need is, 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 uh, 
a lawyer that, that we can feel safe because, you know, in prison, like I've already been robbed for some money by a lawyer. They say they're going to do certain things and then they don't do it. But they still take your money. Right. And, you know, I've been going 11 years, so, you know, any little money to lose right now is just, I just shouldn't, I shouldn't be able to lose any money, especially when I'm trying to hire an attorney, but, you know, it's just. So what kind of attorney do you need? Because you already have one that's fighting for your compassionate release, and that's totally different. So what kind of attorney do you need? I need an attorney that, that'll take this case, because the work is done. I mean, like I said, in my appeals, the appeal court is trying to cover cover up the corruption of the government also because if they would have answered um, issues that, that I filed with the court or issues that even the appellate counsel um, filed, I wouldn't be hit right now. You know what I mean? Right. So the main thing I need is I need an attorney that is going to make sure that he holds them accountable for what they're doing. You know, for what they have done because I mean, they owe me. I mean, I, I'm in prison in a, in a hospital bed because a prosecutor, some DEA agents, and some police officials broke the law. Right. Yeah, um, like I was saying about my, my, my lawyer, Donald Sepanis, after he, um, the, the government, the, I mean, the, the magistrate judge denied him and detained him. They made a, the prosecution, the government made up a motion talking about there was going to be a potential conflict of interest and him representing me. This was their way to try to get him off the case. So they made the motion, and that motion it had no relevant substance of why he should be disqualified. They alleged that because there might be uh, they might be able to make uh, somebody come back and testify me, testify on me, uh, Mr. Morales, who my lawyer represented in the state attempt murder case, that it was a potential conflict. But my lawyer told him that one, he didn't represent Mr. Morales in any drug case, and two, if it becomes where there might be a conflict, he can always have standby counsel cross-examining the court didn't have um, an argument or or any substance to refute what my lawyer had argued but they still disqualified him off my case and then after disqualifying they go and raid his office for some reason to try to make it seem as if they're going to indict him but all this was done because they didn't want him to try to come back and represent me on appeal because had he represented me on appeal, I wouldn't be sitting in this this um, prison today. And then another thing is, all of their witnesses testified falsely. And I got direct evidence that proves that all of the, the police officers, from the uh, two police officers to the testifying uh, dudes they had on the case, testified materially, materially false testimony and I got direct evidence to prove that and on top of that the prosecutor himself lied to the jury in his closing argument mm -hmm. I got direct evidence of that so 
you know, the whole case was just a mockery. Like they said, kangaroo court, I was in one completely because that prosecutor nails our Kessler. Anybody who got that prosecutor need to watch him because he's going to play dirty. What's his name you again? Nils R. Kessler. Okay. And them DEA agents, my way, I, I still here today, are still playing dirty. Sheila Goodell and uh, the other guy named was Thomas Burns. And then you got uh, Officer Shannon. Officer Shannon Bagley got on the stand in my case, testified that he found a certain item of contraband that was in the case. And in his report, he stated he found nothing. But they got him on the stand testifying that he found things. I mean, the whole case was just, like I say, it's a mockery. Because, the, like I said, the appeal courts now, they didn't, they didn't address any of my issues raised because they knew they would have had to vacate my conviction. They ended up vacating my sentence in 2009. And when I went back, the district court judge, uh, Mr. Bell, he knew that there was a lot of um, uh, corruption that happened in this case. But he still wanted me to argue for a sentence. I refused to argue for a sentence that I should be sentenced to because I'm making an argument that I'm here, y'all holding me illegally. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The appeal courts didn't address my issues. You know, why am I arguing for a sentence when I should be arguing that y'all should be vacating my conviction? You know? So, like I say. So as it stands today, um, like I asked you before, so exactly what kind of lawyer do you need? Because there are different types of lawyers. So what do you need? A criminal lawyer, civil lawyer? What kind of lawyer? Uh, I, need a, I need a lawyer that, that fights both criminally and civilly because there's no, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no way possibly they're not civilly liable to me because they set up a crime and prosecuted me for a crime they set up. Had they never placed those drugs in that girl's car, they could have never gotten even a, a, a probable cause arrest warrant against me. Because the grand jury, before they were trying to take this case to the grand jury, they denied them. And that's why I'm saying now that they're skeptical that that grand jury indictment that I have is not actually an indictment. Because the signature from the prosecutor... Let's call it from a federal prison. And the signature on a true bill, which is the, where the grand jury signed, are identical signatures. And in the true bill, you can't even identify who signed there because there's nothing but zeros. But if, because we took the penmanship and we put it on a projector screen when I was at Three Rivers, Texas, and the penmanship is exactly the same because you could tell, I mean, you know, I was doing my Perry Mason. <laughs> I'm put it like that. <laughs> Because you can put it up in the screen and you can see that he stops his pen on identical points uh, when he's signing a signature and when he signed those those zeros in. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I need, a, I need an attorney that doesn't have a problem with um, holding these people accountable. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, and like I say, we'll have... Uh, uh, 15 grand um, for the criminal part and I'm willing to sign you know uh, a percentage 
of the civil part uh, to the attorney. But I need one that is going to make a point with this case because I'm here for nothing. You know, I'm here for nothing. Had they not manipulated and placed that conspiracy charge on my case in a superseding, none of those guys would have been able to testify. That's why they manipulated and placed And then on the conspiracy charge, I'm the only one charged, tried, convicted, and sentenced for that charge. Mm -hmm. The dude that they manipulated that charge with, he pled guilty to a possession with intent to deliver charge. The charge that he pled guilty to in the state. That is crazy. Let's call it from a federal prison. Yeah. So I just want to make, like I say, if anybody in my way is listening, I just want to make y'all aware that if y'all got any of these people and that attorney Scott Graham that I end up going with, do not hire him. He works for the government. He botched my case. He, he completely ruined my case. Wow, I'm just so sorry. And, you know, I've heard many stories like that where people pay these lawyers thousands of dollars. And at the end of the day, they end up either firing those lawyers or those lawyers just don't do what they're supposed to do, what they're paid to do. And it's just, it's a game and it's just terrible. It's horrible. Right. And that's why I understand why so many people out there talking about they believe in this law. How can you believe in a law that has numerous men and women incarcerated wrongfully incarcerated. There should never be a system that's operating that can place an innocent person in jail and it takes longer enough to be free than it does to convict them. Wow. And that's what happened in my case. Like I said, I just need one who's willing to make a statement because ain't no question. Yeah, I want a press conference heard because they have my name on all my news channels just trying to degrade degrade my character mm-hmm. and everything in my case is made up I mean the most drugs in the case is the drugs that they placed on a college student and it's alleged because I don't even know that those was real cocaine that they had in the packages mm-hmm. but at no time did I send her to pick them up she told them I didn't at no time did I ask for any money at no time did they receive any money because it was supposed to be according to the DEA officer it was supposed to have been a reverse buy and they don't allow uh, which means basically to sell of drugs for money right so when, a, when an officer was asked did y'all get any money no because even on the recording you can hear him pressing her to take the bag wow like I said, they all record is killed. And then that same witness now, he wrote me a letter stating that, you know, everything he did was a lie. Mm-hmm. I'm still sitting there in the bed, locked up for this. Well, this hopefully, hopefully your message will reach somebody who is able to help you, um, who has the resources and the means to help. Because, you know, it has to be somebody that has compassion as well. I mean, I know some lawyers that they do things pro bono and they do things because you're not of the goodness of their heart. And then there are those who are all about money, unfortunately. So, um, you know, like I said, you know, or, like you said, 
not to cut you off, but either way, pro bono or, or the one that's about the money, even if the ones that's about money, if they're about the money and they fighting for the truth in the case, mm-hmm. this is the case you want to get because there's money in this case. They owe me civilly. I've been placed in jail for them setting up a crime, prosecuting me for a crime they set up. I mean, my family members' vehicles were seized. They didn't even have a seizure warrants at the time for the vehicles they were seized. Wow. You understand what I'm saying? Right. I, I, I get sentenced to two life terms on the first sentencing before uh, a case that they made up. Okay, so like right for the now, sake of time, I don't want you to get cut off again. So, um, you okay, know, I want okay. you to end it properly. And, um, yeah, so just, again, tell the listeners what you would like from them. And um, and we'll take it from there. No, like I said, man, you know, a lot of people say that they're helping reform the system. You know, to reform the system, we got to start case by case. I just need someone who got the proper uh, lawyer or team, you know, that can help this case. Because like I say, the work is done. I got the direct evidence, I got the facts, I got I got the, the reports. Okay. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to give us such an in-depth and profound interview uh, about corruption you. and conspiracy and just the medical neglect that you have been receiving. And um, you know, um you know I'm in your corner. I have been for years and um I just pray that this message reaches the right person. All right. I appreciate it. Appreciate you. Love you much. And thank you so much again. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. Again, that was Carl Allen White calling in from FMC Butner in North Carolina. And we will now break for a small commercial. Slash the stones will cry out. The stones will cry out.
Underground. Hangalive.com. Freedom from the abyss of the Iron Beast.